Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune into the Trade Addicts podcast. Thank you and enjoy your podcast. You're at the Dynasty Crossroads that film and analytics create. The Dynasty Crossroads that film and analytics create. Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. We are a member of the DLF family of podcasts. It's just me again this week. Uh, unfortunately, Jake Anderson at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter isn't able to make it to the podcast still. Um, but I wanted to talk about some interesting player strategies that you could maybe implement now or next week when the waivers run again, perhaps. Um, uh, for your roster for weeks 14, uh, 15, and 16. And someone I'm working with um, this year actually asked me about a strategy. He had heard Nick Ercolano. He's actually bigger on uh, uh, or more active on YouTube than he is on Twitter. Um, and I recommend checking out his channel. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm terrible at YouTube. I don't know what the channel name is, but I'll link his uh, social medias in the, in the show notes if you want to check it out. Um, but he asked me about some of the ideas that Nick had been talking about on his YouTube channel um, for the playoffs. Um, so I reached out to him. It turns out he'd actually messaged me about Dynasty once on Twitter, so we'd spoken before. He's a really cool guy, um, and I enjoyed talking with him. The idea that he'd mentioned on his YouTube channel was storing more than one defense on your uh, on your bench um, before we get to the playoffs. And I thought it was a really interesting idea for a few different reasons, because as the season goes on, the rules of our bench have to change. We increasingly add backup running backs as the season goes on, and while we're always trying to stock it with upside, the closer we get to the playoffs, the more you have to ask yourself, if a player were to break out this week, would I be willing to play him next week? Probably not. You probably want to see a second week. And if you're looking at a three, four week run as we get closer to the playoffs, how many games are you going to get out of a player, even if they broke out right now? Um, and that's on top of the fact that breakouts happen at all positions less and less often as the season goes on. Um, now, not all breakouts have already happened, as is typically the saying. Someone could still break out here, especially backup running backs, which is why we keep adding them because of injuries or you know, potential running backs going on vacation because I don't really like to plan for injury. So I think about vacations. Um, but uh, the general pattern's true that you, upside players that haven't done anything any yet um, become less and less valuable on your bench in many ways. Added to that, that you're also playing keep away. Like um, anyone who's streaming defenses, like me, most of my leagues, relies on the fact that the defenses on the waiver wire can't be stocked on a bench for most of the season because you have to keep holding those upside players. But as we get closer to the playoffs and those breakout players or those potential wide receivers and tight ends that might break out and um, become less and less valuable because of how often you would even play them if they did break out now and it's less likely they would break out. 
um, then it's possible to start playing keep away. So you've got a good defense. Say you've got the Ravens and you've held on to them through their bye week and you're going to play them this week. They actually have one of the better playoff schedules before I get to the defenses that stuck out in my research. And the Ravens are actually at the top of the list. So if you've got them, you're good. But there's no reason you can't grab a second or even a third defense, depending on what your bench or league looks like, just to make sure that your opponents who might be streaming defenses in their playoffs don't have access to the best defenses in weeks 14, 15, and 16. That's a potential move. And it's actually, like I say, it's got some really good solid theory around it based on breakouts and upside players held on bench on benches being less valuable the more the season moves on. This, I actually think, I extended it a little bit. I think you can start thinking about adding second and maybe even third tight ends if you're following the same pattern of keeping away streamable tight ends for the playoffs from your opponents um, and dropping players that you probably won't break out and probably you wouldn't start very often through the next few weeks towards the end of the season. Now, this is all dependent on what your bench looks like and what your league is, and so I have to keep adding those provisos in there. Like, you really have to adjust it for your league. Don't just stuff your bench with tight ends and defenses. Um, but in certain situations, you could possibly do that. You're going to have to read your league and read your team. So I thought it was a really interesting idea. really recommend Nick's YouTube channel um, and checking it out and definitely assessing your bench in a different way the closer we get to the playoffs. So for this podcast, what I thought I'd do is run through the research I did for defenses and highlight the best defenses for weeks 14, 15, and 16. Um, based on, well, I, I use one source of research, but um, if you've got a better uh, source of defensive ranks, then i definitely go check those out as well. But run through the same process for yourself. Now, what I did is I went to Sharp Football Statistics. It's um, uh, Warren Sharp. He's uh, fairly, uh, we mostly know who Warren Sharp is, but his website's actually free to look at all the statistics that he has and all the metrics he's produced. And um, so I really like sharing free information as well. I'll link that in the show notes as well. So Sharp Football stats.com and then you go to uh, strengths of schedule for defenses 2009 and what he basically does is rank the matchups for all positions but also offensively and defensively um, across a whole bunch of different uh, varieties actually but I just look purely um, defenses strengths of schedule so they're ranked 1 to 32 32 being the easiest potential matchup and number one being the hardest potential matchup for defense so um, the Ravens face Buffalo in week 14, and Buffalo's ranked 23rd. That's a plus matchup. Anyone over 20 are considered to be a particularly good matchup. And now that doesn't mean a, necessarily a high-scoring potential uh, for that defense, but it means that defense um, uh, is going up against an offense that just isn't projected to do particularly well uh, against that defense. So sometimes you can have a high... Uh, a good matchup where not a lot of points is going to be scored and that won't necessarily translate into fantasy points so I want to talk about that a little bit with these good matchups but anyway um, to, to move on as quickly as I can the best defenses I found looking at weeks 14 15 and 16 based on sharp football's um, ranking for offenses that they're going to face number one like i said was the ravens baltimore defense faces buffalo in week 14 faces the jets in weeks 15 and faces cleveland in week 16 now all of those defenses rank outside the top 20 in terms of matchups um, and in week 32 the jets is actually the best matchup for any defense 
Um, so they actually have a really strong schedule, and they're also a really good defense already that we know has scored uh, decent points throughout the 2019 season. So they would be my number one target. Now, the Ravens are probably owned in most leagues, right? Um, so I appreciate that that's not going to be out on your waiver wire, but they still remain the best schedule overall. Um, for the playoffs. So if you have them, don't drop them, um, just in case you didn't want to play them in weeks 12, 13, uh, 12 or 13 here. I would still hang on to them. I would keep them on my bench and drop someone else to pick up another streaming defense if you were going to stream um, before the playoffs happens. Um, Houston actually had the second schedule that I liked the most. Um, they faced Denver in week 14, um, which is a, the 22nd ranked matchup. They face Tennessee in week 15, which is only in the 19th ranked matchup, but it's still like it's a below average matchup for the defense or an above average matchup, if you like, for the defense. So I, I didn't mind that at all. Um, and then in week 16, they face Tampa Bay as a 24th ranked matchup. Again, the higher the number, the closer to 32, the better the matchup. Um, now, an interesting one that came up with a good matchup through all three weeks of the playoffs was the jet it was miami now miami faced the jets in week 14 which is the best matchup for any off any defense they face the jet uh, the giants in week 15 which is a 27th ranked matchup and then they face cincinnati which is a 29th ranked matchup so technically miami the miami defense has the best schedule in terms of just raw ranking of the offenses they're going to face, according to Sharp Football Statistics, um, of any defense I can actually find. Now, the problem here is that it's the Miami defense who haven't been doing a lot for us this season. Um, now, the defense is fairly solid, actually, and has shown improvement throughout the season, I think. But we don't expect the Miami to produce many fantasy points in general uh, for our fantasy teams. Now, would I want to start Miami in my playoffs? Probably not. I hope to have the Ravens or Houston, right? But if Miami is on the waiver wire, and that's a, definitely a defense that's very likely to be on your waiver wire, I would consider that a defense to add to play keep away if nothing else. And then you can, if you get them on your bench, then you can make the decision during the playoffs, do I want to play matchups or do I just want to hold on to them so someone else can't stream them against me? Now, the problem with Miami, because of the nature of the team and the fact that people are throwing a lot of volume and scoring a lot of points against them, is that they might be a f more of a floor defense. Even with these good matchups, it might be a, a stifling kind of a game with a two, three-point floor. But either way, um, they have good matchups, and they will be on streamers list, I think, throughout the playoffs. And so, like I say, I'd probably play keep away with them. Now, the second category of defenses I found were ones, or the ca second category I liked, anyway, the second favorite category I found, was defenses that have good week 15 and 16 matchups. So, week 14 matchup isn't so great, but they might be streamable in weeks 15 and 16. So, again, I might want them for myself, or I wanna make, might want to play keep away from somewhere else. Um, Detroit um, faces Minnesota in week 14, which is a terrible matchup, but they face Tampa Bay in week 15, and Denver in week 16. That's fairly good. Uh, Kansas City faced New England in week 14, which is terrible, but they faced Denver in week 15 and Chicago in week 16. So I don't mind that uh, as a stash defense either. New York, speaking of bad teams and bad defenses, they play Philadelphia in week 14, which again is bad, but in week 15 they face Miami 
good matchup. And in week 16, they face Washington, which is the second best matchup for any defense to face. So again, like Miami, New York has a really good schedule the last two weeks of the playoffs. Now, would I want to start them? I don't know yet. Let's see how the season goes. But if I can find space on my bench, they're definitely someone I would, they're definitely defense I would stash to try and play keep away with the idea I'm going to be in the playoffs in the last two weeks. And now the Steelers um, have the same schedule. They they have the same categorization here. They have a good week 15 and 16 matchups. They face Buffalo in week 15 and the Jets, again, the best matchup in week 16. So they would actually be the priority for me over the Giants because they have their best matchup in the final for most leagues, right? So I'd probably want to stash them. And they're slightly better defense than some, some of these others. The other category I found were uh, defenses that had good weeks 14 and 15 matchups, but not week 16 matchups. Again, it really depends what you want to play. Like, if you want to focus the first week and the second week of the playoffs, because, you know, you don't even know if you're getting to the final yet, I could understand that, and therefore you'd prioritize these defenses. Me, I liked kind of trying to take the streamers out of the pool for the for the last two weeks, but really that's just preference. Um. Dallas, Philadelphia, Arizona, and Green Bay all have really solid week 14 and 15 matchups and terrible week 16 matchups. So they're defenses you might want to consider stashing if they're on your waiver wire. Um, defenses that have good week 14 and 16 matchups, so a slight, slightly opposite here. Instead of just um, having good 14 and 15, these defenses have good week 14 and 16 matchups, but you wouldn't want to play them in week 15 in the the, the semifinals of your playoffs here. And Cincinnati and Indi- Indianapolis, they both flank, face offenses that are ranked outside the twen- um, top 20 offenses in weeks 14 and 16. So Cincinnati and Indianapolis are worth taking a look at if no one else is available. Um, and as a last ditch, just defenses that have one good matchup in the playoffs, that's Cleveland again. Um, in week 14, they finish Cincinnati. So if you can find none of those other defenses, but you want to stash a defense you might want to start in the first week of your playoffs, Cleveland are a defense to consider. All right, so those are all the defenses I found. Um, if you want to read it um, or you want to list, because I, I don't know what it's like for you to listen to podcasts when I'm running or I'm uh, driving in my car and I don't have time to make notes and uh, you really wish they would repeat the names more often so you could actually try and remember them. Um, but I actually wrote it all out. It was just meant to be a simple list, but I ended up writing this out. It's kind of a mini article. I posted it on Patreon. Again, if it's on my Patreon, that doesn't mean you have to give me money to read it. It's just somewhere I post things. It's entirely free. It's just it's just literally a mini article with all these defenses written out in the three categories and my ideas around whether and when you should stash a defense or an extra tight end. And again, you can find the link on my Twitter feed or hit me up on Twitter by DMs. Um, or you can just go to my Patreon, which is patreon.com backslash PA Howdy. Um, and I've got it. Uh, I've got it written out there. Playoff DSTs, TEs and playing keep away. Um, I'll also link that in the show descriptions. Why not? It's just going to be an entire show with uh, links in the description, I guess. Um, so hopefully that'll, that might be able to help some of you out when, uh, if you have already 
uh, secured a buy or you think you're definitely in the playoffs, it's definitely time to start thinking about possible strategies that could help you out or give you an edge over your competition. And um, it's not a new idea, but it's definitely the first time I've really invested time thinking about different player strategies um, like this. And I actually really like the idea that tight ends and defenses actually become more important or more more viable as bench candidates. Holding multiple defenses is like the a really bad move for most of the season. But the closer we get to the playoffs, it actually kind of reverses. And I love that idea that these rules have got mirror images at each end of the schedule, right? At the start of the schedule, you never want to hold two tight ends or two defenses. At the end of it, it's actually potentially a really good idea to hold multiple tight ends and multiple defenses if only to play keep away from your opponents. Now, a way to advance this is to actually look at your opponents. Look at who might be in the playoffs, like yourselves, hopefully, um, and see what they're doing. If not, if all of them have stood tight ends, and there's really, really probably no reason to store another tight end. But if three of them are streaming defenses, then that adds value to the potential of holding future streamers from a list like this on your bench. Because when they go to look for them, you'll have them. And you can cackle with laughter as they struggle and try to decide which terrible matchup they want to start a defense against. Like, you have enough friends, guys. This is the way I finished the article. Now's the time to think of something that's really going to frustrate and annoy your friends in the playoffs. And you can do it before they're even thinking about the playoffs. So I actually think it's a really interesting, at least, exercise to go through. You might find that you can't use it in your league or on your bench. But um, it's definitely worth taking a look at to see if uh, see if you can frustrate and annoy some of your friends, um, which you know is always something I'm into. Frustrating and annoying my friends is basically why I stick around. <laughs> All right, um, I'm gonna get out of here. Um, thanks for coming back to the crossroads. I hope you found something useful, or at least you know uh, it was noise in the background where you drove to work. I don't know. Uh, thanks again. Um, you can find us at Dynasty Crossroads on all your favorites. I don't know why I'm saying that. If you're listening to it, you already found us. I'm terrible at this at this marketing thing. I'm just going to give up. I'm going to go back to not caring. But yeah, uh, check out the link descriptions for that YouTube channel. It's a really interesting resource. Where they, um, check out Nick and uh, go take a look at that list that I wrote out about defenses if you like. Thanks again, and I will see you next week here at the Crossroads. Bye. Yeah. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and they on the place, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. Jake got that, I, I like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore. I am at a crossroads. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road. Go, clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so Jake on the table and they on the plays, though Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so Jake on the table and they on the plays, though Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical